We use vegan diets for diabetes and weight loss. And one of the side effects, if I can put it that way, is that erectile dysfunction improves. They weren't looking for that. They came right. in, they said, I just want to lose 80 pounds or yeah. something. But as they come in, they lose weight. The erectile dysfunction will, will sometimes go away. And it is a cool thing to see a guy come and say, I had a big surprise this morning. <laughs> Well, hello there, and welcome to the Exam Room Podcast, brought to you by the Physicians Committee. Hi, I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Thank you so very much for giving the show a listen this week, or a view, or a download. Wherever it is in the world that you are, we appreciate the fact that you are here. It is almost Valentine's Day, and out of all 365 days on the calendar, this is the day for love. But for as many as 30 million men nationwide, expressing that love can be a real challenge. Because try as they might, things in the bedroom just don't seem to get to where they need to be. Of course, we're talking about ED. Erectile dysfunction. And let's face it, we're actually talking about the essence of manhood. ED is frustrating, it's embarrassing, confusing, and it can even drive a wedge in relationships, causing the partner to wonder, is it me? The answer is always more than likely no, but nonetheless, the sting is still there. And for guys, having a conversation about this can be extremely difficult, even when it's in the privacy of the doctor's office. But not speaking up can also be dangerous because a malfunction down there is often the first sign of a bigger problem. It could be heart disease. It could be diabetes. It could be something else. And then if a man is able to man up and actually talk about it, oftentimes then comes the little blue pill. But what if you didn't have to turn to a pill for things to look up? What if the solution actually started with what's on your plate? Well, there's actually a good chance that it might, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. Dr. Neil Barnard joined me for a special Facebook Live broadcast of The Exam Room, where we dissed on dysfunction and tried to put everything back in working order down there, organically, so to speak. So share this episode with the man in your life. And men, share this episode with your buddies. Because school is in session and your manhood and your health might just be at stake. All right, here we go. Facebook Live time here on the Exam Room Podcast, brought to you by the Physicians Committee with the Weight Loss Champion. And sitting across from Dr. Neil Barnard, the author of the new book, Your Body in Balance. Welcome back to the show, my friend. Thank you, Chuck. Great to be here. You have been a busy man, haven't you? You have been all over the place talking about this book, huh? Well, the book is brand new. It's come out. And so we were we launched it in New York. We had two events that were just huge and, and really, really, really great. Um, we're talking about all new information for people, and it's so neat to see people come out. Um, then we had an event in Baltimore, and followed by two events in D.C., and some in Florida starting this weekend. That's right. Uh, the Southwest Florida Veg Fest, I believe, in Bonita Springs. That's exactly right. That'll be Sunday. Yep. So you're going to be there. I'll be there pitching out, too. It'll be a good time if you're 
in that area. We would certainly love to see you, and we're going to have plenty of copies of your Body and Balance available if you want to pick those up as well. Uh, but today, Dr. Barnard, we are going to be talking about something completely different. We're going to be focusing on, with Valentine's Day tomorrow, erectile dysfunction. This is a problem that affects, I believe I pulled a stat from the CDC that said something in the ballpark of 30 million men nationwide suffer from this. And the majority of them are turning to a blue pill, but from what you and I have discussed previously, uh, the solution may not actually be in a pill bottle. It may actually be on their plate. So let's talk about that a little bit. You bet. Um, Let's start with uh, the first question up front. What causes a man to develop? erectile dysfunction? What is actually happening there physiologically? Well, you know, Chuck, that's actually the single most important thing is because guys imagine it's um, performance anxiety or stress or I'm getting older or that really is not it in in any of these cases, really. It's um, narrowed arteries. The, 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 The male sexual anatomy is a hydraulic system, if I could put it that way. You need to have good blood flow in order to make it respond. Yeah. Um, if you don't have good blood flow, like nothing happens. Um, and so the reason for, atheros- for um, erectile dysfunction is atherosclerosis, um, which means that you get progressive narrowings in the arteries to a man's private parts, and that's why it's not happening. In the same way that you would get narrowings closer to the heart, which we associate with heart disease, that's exactly what's happening down there. And, and that's why this is so important. The guy goes into the doctor's office and he says, you know, give me a, a pill for my ED. And the doctor writes a prescription, says, here you go, fine. And everybody's happy. Wait a minute. Huge, huge mistake. Because the, if, what the doctor must do is the following thing. Say, I'll give you a prescription. However, you have to know that you have systemic atherosclerosis. The patient says, what, what are you talking about? Um, high levels of cholesterol in the blood. The cholesterol particles irritate the artery wall. They cause little blisters to form. These are plaques. Those blisters can break open suddenly, and that leads to a clot that stops blood flow. And if it's in a coronary artery, an artery in, in your heart, that is a heart attack. Mm. If it's in the carotid arteries or the other arteries going up to the brain, that's a stroke. And a man who has erectile dysfunction is at much higher risk for a heart attack or stroke than other men because you know for a fact he's got narrowed arteries. He's proving it. Um, So the guy who just goes to the CVS and fills out out his prescription, takes Viagra, without realizing that he is um, a heart attack waiting to happen, He's in trouble. And, and doctors now, I believe that they're hip to the game, that it is really potentially the first sign that there is heart disease on the way or even diabetes. Is, this is common knowledge? Um, it was not, but it is becoming so. Yes, exactly. And cardiologists in particular, are they, they use the, the phrase canary in a coal mine, that if a guy has ED, that's the canary in the coal mine. That's a sign that you, you have artery narrowings all over your body. Mm-hmm. And so what, what this means is it doesn't mean you can't use necessarily Viagra, but it means you've got to use something else because the Viagra doesn't reverse any of that. Mm-hmm. It just opens up the arteries temporarily for a couple of hours, but, but uh, the guy should be uh, referred to a good registered dietitian who will use words starting with V, like <laughs> vegan diet doesn't have any cholesterol in it. Right, it right. doesn't have any animal fat in it. And this is the diet that is going to help you 
to open those arteries up again. And I have to say, in our research studies, we use vegan diets for, as you know, diabetes and weight loss. Yeah. And one of the side effects, if I can put it that way, is that erectile dysfunction improves. You know, the, the, the people didn't, didn't – they weren't looking for that. They came right. in. They said, I just want to lose – 80 pounds or yeah. something. But as they come in, they lose weight. Um, their arteries are opening up. The erectile dysfunction will, will sometimes go away. And it is a cool thing to see a guy come and say, I had a big surprise this morning. <laughs> <laughs> a happy surprise, I would assume. Uh, I'm not sure how his wife felt about it, but <laughs> but for him. <laughs> uh, wow. Okay, Valentine's Day, everybody. Um, so – here, there are other causes for ED, right? So, I mean, you, you yes. mentioned performance anxiety and, and things of that nature. But if you had to estimate the percentage of um, people who have ED that is caused by arterial blockage, what would you say that is? Well, it's a contributor in virtually everyone uh, because after the age of 16 or 18, uh, omnivores have some degree of artery blockage. Now, other things can add to it. Um, let's say a guy is on a, a, a blood pressure drug. Mm -hmm. um, that can affect uh, erectile dysfunction too. Um, antidepressants, the SSRI category, uh, Prozac, um, Zoloft, they can contribute to it as well. But it's not necessarily either or. The guy has underlying artery disease, which I know this is a shocking thing to say, but but it is of significant proportions in um, meat-eating areas by the late teens. Um, and um, th these other things will add to it. Um, so when a man becomes aroused, if he's able to get there, but he does have significant arterial blockage, is he kind of at a, at a higher risk then for potentially having a heart attack? Or does the blood pressure go through the roof? Uh, well, he's he's at high risk all the time. And, you know, the, uh, they say on the, on the commercials, um, your doctor will work with you to figure out if you are healthy enough for sexual activity. Uh, what they mean is you're doing some aerobics at that moment. And, uh, <laughs> and, and you, may not be able, you may not be up to it. Gotcha. Um, I want to paint a picture here. We, we've kind of talked a little bit about it, but I, I want to paint a, a clear picture. So how do these pills like Viagra and Cialis work? Is it that they kind of dilate the arteries and temporarily open it back up and then they just shut back down once the medication wears off? That's it. Um, Viagra started out as an investigational heart drug. F Pfizer had this candidate drug because it opens up the arteries and you think, wouldn't that be great for a heart patient that should make his chest pain go away? And frankly, it was kind of a loser. It wasn't a very good drug, except the research subjects in the experiments uh, reported this side effect, that if they had ED, suddenly um, in that part of the body, it did open up, up the arteries substantially, uh, albeit for a, a short period of time. You know, it, it seems to me that there could be more conversations had between doctors and their patients when it comes to erectile dysfunction and the risk of heart disease and, and all of that good stuff. And I know that one of the things that we're working on right now, as a matter of fact, this very minute, is we have a petition going out to the FDA petitioning for warning labels of some sort to be put on these medications? That's right. Um, we, my, my concern and that of, of many others, is that doctors are handing out these pills without informing the patient of the fact that they have a potentially deadly disease um, for which, you know, ED doesn't kill you, but it's a sign that you have a disease that could. And so what we're asking the FDA is to, is to put a warning label. So the guy fills his prescription, 
And it said the, the, the warning label should say that erectile dysfunction is a sign of artery narrowings, which this drug does not – this drug will not treat that. Mm. This drug is just a temporary fix. And so my, our hope is that this will alert men to take it seriously um, and to talk with their doctors as well and to say, okay – so how do I reverse atherosclerosis? And that will start a really healthy discussion. And if you're interested in filling out this petition, sending one in, uh, we have that up on PCRM.org for you. Uh, I know for a fact that it's under the news release section. Uh, Laura, I don't know if you're able to. You're operating the comments right now on the Facebook Live. I don't know if you're able to post a direct link to that, but that would be wonderful. And if you're listening to this on the audio podcast, on Apple Podcast or on Spotify, we'll also include a link to that in the episode notes below. So, uh, And if you haven't subscribed to the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, they're not all on Facebook, but we have a ton of material up on Apple and Spotify and all over the place, including, Dr. Barnard, just scores of episodes that you and I have done together. You bet. You know, FDA petitions are an interesting thing. You know, we, we bring it to them as a legal petition. Um, and in some cases, what you're asking for is a warning about some danger, some dangerous side effect that the drug might have. It's toxic and will cause seizures or death or whatever. That's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about here is that by, by prescribing the drug, doctors may miss something that could kill the patient, mm. um, something that could be um, easily overlooked. And we're hoping to bring this into the discussions, hopefully save some people's lives. Um, the, the especially good news is that if a guy does take it seriously and he changes his diet to reverse his, his ED, everything else gets better. Yeah. Um, it's good in every other way. And it could affect his family as well. You know, the, the Viagra prescription doesn't do the family any good, that's for sure. But on the other hand, once, if, if he knows that changing his diet could help, that could have a very beneficial effect on him, his spouse, his, uh, his kids. Well, let's talk about some other diets that are out there. Uh, the keto diet, super popular right now. Atkins diet, still out there, still around. These are high-protein, high-meat diets traditionally, not a whole lot of fiber or fruits and vegetables in there. Would I be correct to assume that people who subscribe to that type of diet are at a higher risk of developing ED? Uh, it's a double-edged sword. Um, there are so many ways to lose weight. You know, one is just don't eat. Um, and bet between the time that you start the diet and the time you starve to death, um, you will have lost weight. Um, the ketogenic diet is sort of halfway like that. Yeah. Uh, because the body's fuel is carbohydrate. Carbohydrate, whether it's sugar or starch, releases glucose into the blood. And glucose is the very favorite fuel of your muscle cells and your brain and your liver and all the rest of you. And a ketogenic diet is designed to starve the body of carbohydrate. And so it's forced into this condition called ketosis. Um, and that will cause people to, to lose weight. It's one of a zillion ways to lose weight. The problem is that what you're eating in most of these ketogenic diets is a lot of fat, especially saturated fat mm. and cholesterol. So for some men, their, their cholesterol level will, will rise and their atherosclerosis will become worse. Um, so weight loss helps, but high cholesterol hurts, and it's not a good way to go. Do we know if uh, cholesterol-lowering uh, medication and, and blood pressure-lowering medication, do they have any effect on impotence? Is, is that a side effect? Uh, for the blood pressure-lowering medications, it's an extremely common side effect, unfortunately. But the good news here is let's say Hank decides, all right, you know, give me the vegan diet. Let's open up the arteries again. Um, not only will it will a healthy diet improve his blood flow, but it also does bring down the blood pressure too. So he may have less need 
gotcha. for that medication. Gotcha. And just to put a capper on this, anytime anybody brings up the low-carb diets, fruit is inevitably brought into the into the discussion. So uh, I'm assuming that fruit and ED, they are, you know, fruit is ED's best friend, right? As in it can keep it, keep it at bay, right? Don't be afraid of it. Um, Good carbs? Yeah. Remember that apple in the Garden of Eden? That, that, that was not like, a, you know. It, yes, it's a good it, it, fruit. It, fruit is a good thing. Fruit, oh fruit, wow! Fruit, fruit, fruit is it, it's a it's a peculiar thing to hear the ketogenic people say don't eat fruit. Uh, if you look at the family of great apes of which we are a member, along with chimps and gorillas and orangutans and bonobos, um, fruit is sort of the first and most popular food group for for all the all the great apes. Right. Um, and it's an important source of antioxidants. And you do hear some low-carbers arguing that you don't need those antioxidants and just risk it without having them. And I, I have to say it's, I think it's an important thing to bring fruit and healthy vegetables and beans and grains front and center into your diet. Yeah, for so many, so many reasons. Uh, if you have a question uh, that you'd like to chime in to us, go ahead and post that in the comments section below. We're going to try to get to as many as we can. But before we open up that doctor's mailbag, uh, final thoughts from you, Dr. Barnard, on ED and what we should or should not be doing to prevent it. Well, um, I'm really delighted to bring this up because my message is partly for the men out there. Um, but to tell you the truth, it's really for my medical colleagues because uh, our medical colleagues are learning a lot about the use of medications and they get lobbied all day long by the drug salesmen, but they tend not to learn much about the nutrition side of it. When they, when they do and when they share this with the patients, the patients really appreciate it so much. And I know that uh, we have a, a slew of resources available now uh, if you are a physician and you're interested in having those kinds of conversations with your patients, but you don't really know how to start. We have a ton of information up on our website, PCRM.org, to get you going on that. Matter of fact, we have a lot of uh, continuing education credit programs that are available. We, in fact, uh, at NutritionCME.org, that stands for Continuing Medical Education, NutritionCME.org, um, we had at the International Conference on Nutrition and Medicine a couple of years ago, a great presentation by Stephen Kopetsky at the Mayo Clinic, all about this canary in the coal mine that, uh, that erectile dysfunction is. So uh, you can look at that and you'll see the scientific uh, studies and it'll all, be, it'll all be there for you. It's it's a great thing, and I, I you know uh, helped to put some of that stuff together, package it, and it is it is really just r robust and and mind blowing information that is is so useful and so beneficial. So, oh, one other thing I should mention: we also have online the nutrition guide for clinicians. There we it's a, go. It's a free download. Nutrition guide for clinicians. There is an ED chapter there as well, so you can see the references there too. Uh, that's a free app that's available in uh, the uh, iTunes Store, and it's available on uh, Google Play. It's all over yep. the place. So. You bet. Definitely go ahead and give that a download. Question time. You ready? Hit me. All right. Here we go. I've got all my glasses so I can read these things. Uh, first up, this is an important one. Uh, what articles can I refer my friends to proving that soy is safe? They're disputing me, this person says. They're disputing you. Yeah. We've talked about soy. Um, I guess the issues that, that came up were, number one, that soy does not cause men to become effeminate. Mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't interfere with men's fertility, but they're probably thinking about uh, the breast cancer issues. Um, the mythology is that soy increases breast cancer risk. The medical truth is that soy consumption actually reduces breast cancer risk, maybe about roughly 30%, and reduces the likelihood that a cancer patient will die. I if a woman has had a breast cancer diagnosis, if she eats a robust amount of soy, her likelihood of 
of dying of that cancer is cut by about 30% in, according to the best studies we have. Um, if, you, uh, if the viewer who, who, who raised this question happens to have a copy of Your Body in Balance, um, we have an index. And in the ed- index, if you look up soy, it will guide you to exactly the discussion that we've had, and that will lead you to the scientific articles and the full references are there. Um, you'll see them. They're recent articles. They go through this in, in great detail. And you can um, download that, and hopefully your friends will be convinced. Kind of along the same lines, this person writes, do I need to eat tofu or are beans, lentils, and nuts enough to get protein? Um, you don't have to have tofu. Uh, for protein, you'll get plenty. Frankly, if you ate nothing but broccoli all day long, you would get a huge amount of protein. But um, a diet of beans... And vegetables, fruits, grains will give you all the protein that you need. But if you're avoiding tofu because you feared that soy would have adverse effects, um, it, it does not. Um, you can certainly have it. You, you don't have to, but, you, but it's good to take advantage of it. I would encourage you to buy organic soy, organic tofu. It cannot be GMO by law if it's, if it's organic. And I believe that there are a ton of recipes in the book as well, uh, probably for a tofu scramble that that have uh, soy in there. So uh, I highly encourage you to check that out as well. Uh, Keeping on the soy shuttle, Deanna writes, how does soy affect the thyroid? Yeah, um, the science is not entirely finished on that. I think the jury is still halfway out. Um, There was a a large research study uh, called the Adventist Health Study 2. And men in that study, the soy didn't seem to affect the thyroid one way or another. But for women, there was um, some question. And what happened was that the high high soy eaters seemed to have higher levels of something called thyroid-stimulating hormone, which made us wonder if the soy was making their thyroid a little sluggish. Hmm. We don't know. We haven't seen that in any other study. But we've seen it there, so I'm flagging it to to see if there's anything further on this. Um, The other issue that comes up is if if you're on thyroid replacement and you swallow your thyroid pill with your scrambled tofu, it will slow down the absorption of the medication. But that's not limited to soy. That's limited to anything. Gotcha. So you should take it on an empty stomach. Gotcha. Uh, Switching gears a little bit, this is kind of a a question that I think everybody can get uh, benefit from. Uh, Are frozen veggies as healthy as fresh ones? Do they still have antioxidants and nutrients? Um, They do. it's uh, fresh and frozen is about equivalent, and that that may sound a little peculiar, but if you think about it, a fresh vegetable might have sat for a while in the warehouse, and then might have sat on the shelf for a while, um, and some of the nutrients are not going to go away. Mm. The calcium and the iron they are indestructible, um, but some nutrients are some of the antioxidants are more fragile. Um, if you flash freeze it shortly after harvest and it doesn't thaw out until it's in your kitchen, um, you're, to tell you the truth, you're preserving the right. nutrition of it. So most people view fresh and frozen as equivalent. Uh, canned is a little bit behind. Right. Uh, but bottom line, just eat, eat your veggies. However you can get them, just eat How, them. However you can get them. And fresh and, and frozen really are about the same. Uh, going back to the ED conversation we were having, this person writes in, is there a relationship between ED and diabetes? There sure is. Um, Diabetes assaults the circulatory system overall. And so it will raise the risk of Alzheimer's disease. Unfortunately, it will double it. Um, It raises the risk of heart attacks. All these things relate to circulation, whether it's the brain or the heart. And with regard to a man's private parts, yeah, um, uh, erectile dysfunction is one of the very common side effects of ED. That's the bad news. 
the good news is that we have shown that, that a healthy, plant-based, low-fat diet improves diabetes dramatically. Um, it's the best diet there is for this. Mm-hmm. And one of the side effects is improved blood flow. So um, it's a great way to, to tackle ED. And we, I, I'll never forget we were doing a study a number of years ago for people with advanced diabetes. They, they had neuropathy. Right. Uh, where their feet are killing them and uh, a lot of nerve symptoms. And there was a man in the study who... Um, Oh, it must have been maybe three, four months into the study. He came in and he said, guys, you know, his diabetes was getting better and better and better. His neuropathy was improving. His pain was gone. And he said, guys, I'm young again. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he went to explain that his erectile dysfunction had gone away. So this was a man who had had diabetes. You're at high risk and he had had ED. Um, but in the course of uh, a following, and, if, and, and by the way, this was not a halfway vegan diet. This was full on, no animal products. It restored his blood flow and cured his ED. Now, if he went back to spam and Velveeta, not good. Um, you can get diabetes again, but um, but it can improve. Wow. Okay, and that's an important point to make. Just as you can regain weight, the diabetes can come back. Correct. So, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Diabetes is very much a two way street. In the same way as a person gets it and then they change their diet and it goes away. It'll wait around the corner if you um, go back to the foods that caused it in the first place. One of the things that you cover in your body and balance is endometriosis. And this person writes in, uh, absolutely love you. Any endometriosis tips, Dr. Barnard? Yes. I I do hope that this person will take a look at your body and balance because this is where we share the story of Catherine Lawrence. And I know you have have spoken with her. Yeah. Um, Very, very powerful story. of um, She's an Air Force aerospace engineer over in Iraq comes back to the United States um, and really tucks into the cheese and other unhealthy foods and gained weight and developed endometriosis, which is a condition where the cells that line the uterus have escaped, and they're now all around the abdomen, implanting and swelling, and and they cause terrible pain. They uh, attack the ovaries. They can strangle the fallopian tubes. They, they lead to infertility, and this is what she was facing, but she went on a completely low-fat plant-based diet, which helps tackle estrogen, the the female sex hormones, and that takes the heat off the endometriosis. And and when she went in for what she thought was the hysterectomy, that was the only possible treatment for her condition, the doctor opened her up and closed her up again and explained to her in the operating room that some things she had done had made her endometriosis go away. And that was the, the plant-based diet. So anyway, we have all the details in this book. And I, I certainly hope that anybody with endometriosis will check it out of the library and, and have a look at that because yeah. um, this can be a miserable condition for people. And that interview where she lent her voice to the show and walked us through her entire journey, I mean, it was one of the more powerful ones that we've had in the two and a half years of the exam room. It was just – it's a tearjerker. Yeah. It's, it's been posted now, hasn't it? It has. It sure has. Because uh, I remember when I watched it. I don't remember if it was before it had been posted or not. I found it one of the most dramatic uh, episodes you've ever done, Chuck, I have to say, because she, she describes her reaction to this. And she describes herself as having been such a food addict that she had secretly hoped that just having the hysterectomy would solve her problems so she could continue to eat junk food. <laughs> and, and she said it, it took her several months, maybe six months, to come around and realize, no, forget it. I, I, healthy eating is actually better in every in every way. Yeah. But she, she really, I thought, in such a beautiful, honest way, described what food addictions are like. And 
Um, and from our standpoint, it's such a classic way of showing how foods affect hormones, which affect your health. It, it just a phenomenal story. Um, Oh, man, I love this one. Okay, so Joanne writes in, My scientist husband has a history of heart disease. Do you recommend any published papers on the benefit of a plant-based diet for heart disease? Her scientist, her scientist hus- husband. Her scientist husband. Um, well, no, that, that's super. Um, he, he, I hope, will go on to PubMed and look under the, uh, the, the work of Dr. Dean Ornish. Um, Dr. Ornish, O-R-N-I-S-H, first name is Dean. And he revolutionized the treatment of heart disease. Uh, in 1990, in The Lancet, he published what I think is, is one of his truly classic articles, where he showed that people who had existing heart disease who would do four things, uh, vegetarian diet, regular exercise, like a half-hour walk every day or th- an hour or three times a week, mm-hmm. uh, try to manage stress, and uh, throw away the cigarettes. Um, he did angiography before and after, which is you actually look at the arteries and the blood flow through them. And the arteries just started opening up again. Oh, wow. Um, which we, we had thought was physically impossible yeah. because we thought it was a one-way street. Um, the arteries open up again. Um, not necessarily huge right away, but enough that you could see a significant difference in 82% of the participants in the first year without medication. Um, so I have to say I, I personally believe it would be malpractice for any doctor to have a patient with coronary disease, artery disease, or for that matter, erectile dysfunction, um, without telling them what diet and lifestyle can do. Right. And that goes back to the FDA petition that we have up online as well. Exactly. Uh, the information has been out there. And, and let me say this. You know, 1990, when Dr. Ornish published this breakthrough paper, let's do the math. 30 years ago? Yeah. 30 years ago, in, the, in that time, what's happened? More statins have come out. New blood pressure medications have come out. There are more and more ways to spend your money at the pharmacy. But the power of diet has only become more and more clear, mm-hmm. and it's essential that doctors use it. We've got time here for a couple more before we wrap things up. Uh, this gentleman writes in, as a man who's been on a whole food plant-based diet with no oil but has plateaued with weight loss, he says he still needs to lose another 50 pounds, would you recommend using a one-meal-a-day approach? Um, you can. Um, this is sort of the work that, that uh, our colleague, Dr. Hanna Kaliova, has talked about where you look at meal timing. Um, and some people, the old approach was having frequent small meals throughout the day, and that seemed to have certain benefits. But then people tried something radically different where they would have large meals, but only a couple of them, maybe one in the morning and one in the early afternoon, and that's it. And they would find that that was very beneficial. But when we see people who are stuck, what we normally do is we will ask them to write down everything they eat for 24, 48 hours, and we'll look for contraband. When I say contraband, I'm talking about any fatty foods that weren't there. And we might think, well, coconut oil, you know, that's not really oil, is it? Or um, avocado or something like that. And really look for the, the, the hidden sources of fat. And if you take those out, generally people do well. Um, make sure that you're having uh, more raw foods in your diet, Yeah. Um, whether that is a salad or um, not, not everything goes well raw, but a number of things do. And at some point, lacing up your sneakers is a good idea, too. Um, exercise alone doesn't typically cause great weight loss, but it can be part of, part of 
uh, of the process. And you know what? I want to sneak one more in because it goes back to your yeah. body and balance and uh, episode that we're going to be releasing next week that has another just phenomenal story. This person writes in, how can a whole food plant-based diet help with infertility and PCOS? Okay. Um, Again, these are things that are covered in detail in your body and balance. And with regard to PCOS, polycystic ovary syndrome, this is a condition where a woman's, women have a little bit of male hormones and, and more female hormones. And men, same story. They have a little bit of female hormones, a lot more male hormones. Both people have both. In women with PCOS, they have just a little extra male hormone that interferes with fertility. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I described the story in the book of a woman named Allison, Allison Tierney, who is a registered dietitian and a great one who had PCOS, has it, um, but went on a completely plant-based diet and it helped her to get her cycle back in gear, allowed her to become pregnant. She's now a happy mom. Um, And we talk about why this works. But in in a nutshell, I want to just say maybe two quick things. Uh, When people are on this kind of diet, your body increases its production of something called SHBG, sex hormone binding globulin. It binds to that testosterone and activates it. That's a good thing. Um, The second thing is that women with PCOS often have insulin resistance, kind of like diabetes. Yeah. In fact, they're often given diabetes medications. And so um, when a woman with PCOS goes on a low-fat plant-based diet, her insulin resistance gets better. So they, both of those things together. And uh, the segment that you and I go into in depth about that will be on the show next week, as will an interview with Allison, which is another just phenomenal, yep. powerful, powerful interview. Exactly. Um, and such a knowledgeable person who has put this to work in her own life. All right. Well, Dr. Barnard, I know that you have been super busy uh, with the new book release, so we cannot thank you enough for taking the time out to join us today. It's been a real pleasure. Thanks, Chuck. If you want to add your name to that petition to the FDA, just head over to PCRM.org. And we've also posted a link directly to that in the episode notes below. So if you're on Apple, just go ahead and scroll down. If you're listening on Spotify or somewhere else, just look for the show description and the link will be right in there. All of the petitions, by the way, go directly to FDA Commissioner Dr. Stephen Hahn. So it's right to the top of the food chain, so to speak. So your help is definitely appreciated. And if there's something that you're still curious about, maybe something that you heard on the show today, go ahead and reach out because we would love to try to get you an answer. Tweet us, message us, find us on Instagram. It really doesn't matter. Just get in touch. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Chuck Carroll WLC. And the Physicians Committee is at PCRM on Twitter and at Physicians Committee on the gram. Just be sure to use the hashtag exam room podcast. And by the by, you can also let us know about any ideas or topics that you want us to discuss on a future show. We always love your feedback on this. So you drive the content. Let us know what it is that you'd like for us to talk about. And before we get out of here today, before we get out of here today, I want to take a second and just say thank you. Seriously. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Because just 10 days into this month of February, we already had more downloads than we did for all of February 2019. You guys continue to humble me and inspire me and amaze me. And I'm so excited 
that more and more people are coming across this potentially life-changing and life-saving information. So from the bottom of my heart and everyone here at the Physicians Committee, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But you know what? Let's keep that momentum going. And one of the easiest ways that you can do to keep pushing that information out there is just to share the show, whether it's on Facebook or put out a tweet about it. Or you can do the really easy thing and just hit the subscribe button on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, really wherever podcasts are available. And then when you do that, also leave a five-star rating and a nice review. Because when you do those things, that helps even more people discover the exam room and all of the nutrition education that comes with it. So let's see if we can help them transform their lives as well. Go ahead, mash that subscribe button, and I promise you it goes a long way toward helping the next person lead a healthier life. And that's going to do it for us this week. My thanks again to you for all of your wonderful questions and to Dr. Neil Barnard for lending his knowledge and expertise. And for everyone here at the Physicians Committee, I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Thank you so very much for listening. And remember, keep it plant-based. <laughs>